0: to send the Thunder home. Lillard, long-range three, and it's good! And the one, and What a,
1: ball. a play! Up to the left. James! Curry, way down to... Bang! Bang! Oh, what a shot from Curry! Gets off to Leonard. defended by Simmons... Is this the tiger?
0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Swing Run Podcast. As ever, I'm your host, George St. Ledger. Joined as I am all the time by Louis Halpin and Lewis Howard. Uh, back to re- regular scheduling. Uh, NBA is back after the All-Star break, uh, and we are going to be breaking down everything that's been happening in the All-Star break and also sort of in the games afterwards and the aftermath of it. Um, I think we're going to kick this one off with, and it's been, I- I've noticed it on the timeline a lot, I'll say, uh, popping up on the YouTube, all, all, all the... The popular creators have had their say, on it? Of the the Battle of New York, the, the taste of it is what we'll say. Um, what I, what I do want to say, I want to kick off this with is Julius Randall was getting a little bit feisty after the after the game, wasn't it? Is what I will say. Yeah, I think rightfully so. To be fair, I think well, when you look at the
2: slow mo replay, they basically what he was annoyed about is that they called him for traveling because he went up for a jump shot, but he argued that like. I think it was Kyrie. It might have been Kyrie who, like, sort of made contact with his hands or made contact with a ball or something. So he thought it was a foul on the jump shot, so he went back down. But they called it for travelling, and then they didn't review it and all that, and he was quite annoyed about that. Um, What I will say is, I mean, I like the competitiveness of this game, firstly, because we're used to, like, New York being sort of, like, devoid of any sort of competing teams, really, at the top of the ladder. I know Brooklyn had Kyrie last year and all of that, but really at the top of the ladder. New York as well are kind of up there, really. I'm not sure where they are in the seedings or the standings now. Um, but seventh. One, seventh, one time they were, like, full seed, home court advantage. before. I think it was before the All-Star break, to be fair. But um, it felt like... a. I, I know they don't really do this in America in the with American sports, but it felt like a bit like a derby atmosphere, didn't you think? Like, these two teams may be competing for, like,
1: it, the city. It felt like it was the Battle of New York we'll call it was mm. relevant again for the first time in a while which was nice because I mean, it is one is of the biggest markets <laughs> yeah it's it, it's been one of the big well it is one of the biggest markets in the NBA along with you know LA and Chicago and so you do need to use well you should have some of your best teams there. I mean if you look at any sports in any other countries usually that's the case and whilst you know one of them's one of the best teams in the NBA. The other one is still competing, as you say, for one of those playoff spots for the first time in a very long time. And uh, as as a podcast, uh, uh, you know, I, I won't speak for you lot. I'll speak for myself. There's batch of the Knicks, many a time, you got to give credit where credit's due, and they've they've actually kept being consistent, which I still I didn't expect even when they were doing well. To be honest, I know you said they were a bit higher up than they are now, but they're still maintaining a good level, especially when. Some other teams like the Pacers have fallen off completely. Mm-hmm. You think they'd be better. I know they trade De Ladepo, and uh, LeVert hasn't been healthy, but you would expect them still to be better than the Knicks, and they're not. So you still have to give credit where credit's due. And you know, you spoke about Julius Randle, even though he was quite agitated with some of the calls, he still had a big game and kept it close, even though the Nets finally or, or ended up coming out with a win.
2: He is playing so well that I just Mm. can't really comprehend it. Like, I mean, the main thing for me is like I I knew he could always have, like, a good scoring night, even, like, in seasons past. You know, he can get his rebounds, he can get scoring and all that. I think the thing that really has surprised me is his passing. Like, Mm. I don't don't know exactly what he's averaging, but whenever I see the stats pop up or whenever I watch the games, it feels like he's averaging, like, near seven, eight assists. Yeah, I think he's just under
1: six. Just under six assists for the season. That's just, like flat out impressive
2: um Mm. I'd like to see like I'm not sure if it's like a byproduct of I feel like the team basically runs all the way through him in, in kind of like not to the extent obviously but in kind of like a Jokic manner where he's he's you know setting most of the plays and stuff like that and most of the stuff runs through him um I'd like to see if that would work on another team like if he could be this good um, but, I mean, Knicks fans must be very much enjoying it after a, a, a torrid three years. And, and R.J. Barrett, I believe, has looked a little bit better. He had a big night the other night. Um, Emmanuel Quickly, another good player that I like. So, it's all looking good for the Knicks right now. Um, and we said, to be fair, prior to the start of the season and a lot of times previously, that the main thing with New York is they're a massive franchise, obviously. Like, players are even tempted to come there when, like, I mean, uh, I don't know how tempted they are, but, usually there's a big buzz about them getting a big free agent, even though they're just terrible. If they can mm. prove they've got like a decent team and they've got solid foundations with like a good front office, that's exactly what will, you know, attract these big free agents finally to New York. Um, so they're doing a good job.
1: Yeah, I'd agree with you. But, you know, there are two teams in New York and there's one team that are doing mm. an even better job. And I know we had this conversation before uh, the Blake Griffin uh, to the Nets happened. And I said that I was actually fancying the Nets to be the favourites for uh, for the championship too. And now, uh, you know, obviously I haven't changed my mind. And just watching, I mean, not, not watching last night because last night was just a game, but you see again, you know, Harden dropping a triple-double, Kyrie's dropping 34, they're playing together well. you still got KD who apparently... He's going to be out for another one or two weeks, and he'll come back. They just look absolutely unreal.
2: Yeah, don't even, like, I'm not going to say they don't need him, but like they're absolutely trouncing teams without it, and he's the best player on that team when he gets yeah. back, anyway. Yeah,
1: it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. What about you? Are you as high on the uh, nets as I am, George?
0: I mean, it's hard not to be high when you kind of consider the fact that. If you put it on paper and you're talking Kyrie Irving, James Harden, Kevin Durant, Blake Griffin, and then like DeAndre Jordan as uh, meaningful as it can be, but can we really include
2: Blake Griffin like as he is right I now think we can. Those I, I think he's like, just. No,
1: I, I, he said I'm DeAndre fully, Jordan after, like he's not putting him with the other three. It's fine.
0: I am fully expecting in his first proper game back, he will have a dunk in him just to prove everybody that he's been holding it back. But I, I, there will be a bet for that, and I'll be placing money on that. But when he is fully healthy and he's back, and I know it's the whole when he's fully healthy, there's going to be a part of him where it's like he's going to get a chip now. There's going to be there will be moments in the season where they're going to need a Blake Griffin performance. They will. Well,
1: I'm just an absolute it's, joke that they've got the three as well. To be honest,
0: of the four of them together, if they get, like, and I know it's a big if, but if they do get a Blake Griffin fit and healthy alongside those three.
1: I mean, it was probably a wrap already, but... Yeah, it's actually curtains. It really is.
2: I, I think I'm a little less high on Blake Griffin, than new tour. No, uh, no, no I'm,
1: I'm not as high as George is now. I, as, as you said, I thought they were going to okay. win before he got there anyway. But Yeah,
2: I mean, I, I, don't know. I don't know if he'll be playing serious minutes for them, to be honest. Like, mm. I, don't, I don't get where he really fits in. You can say small ball centre, and maybe that, with his like lack of mobility, maybe that would work. He's never been a very good defender anyway. Um, I think I read a stat that he's never averaged over a block a game in his whole career, which is quite quite surreal, to be fair, for a man of his athletic powers when he was at his peak anyway. I just don't know. I, I feel like Jeff Green's doing a pretty decent job for them as well, and I think he can do a better job defensively. Bruce mm-hmm. Brown as well, He's been like, he's, he's like a 6'2", but sometimes he's playing like a bloody small ball centre when he's pick and rolling and all that. So, I, I mean, I, I don't know how much the Blake Griffin thing's really – going to affect their chances I think the one thing that I will say makes me lean towards the Nets more and more each day is the fact that Anthony Davis um the question around surrounding his health I, I believe he's going to be out for three more weeks I think they might mm-hmm. have said that which is what I think we all said when we talked about it a couple you know, a couple of weeks ago when it said three weeks then um that I think is something that has me leaning a bit towards the Nets right now um but it'll be a classic case of, of like Best offense versus best defense, and I'd like to see how that pans out eventually. I think the I think the Lakers, it's impossible to stop those three. I suppose when they're firing on all cylinders, but I think if anyone can do it, and we saw what the Lakers d- done against the Heat last last uh, season when they just completely locked them down, uh, they can do it. They, I suppose that they're the best equipped to do it anyway.
1: Yeah, I mean, is that the uh, I mean, we're going. I know we're going completely off topic here now, but is that the final you're expecting then?
2: Well, still. I'm not gonna. I'm like it. It really depends on Anthony Davis.
1: Like, yeah, it does. It, it does. I agree.
2: If it comes out like in a couple of weeks, like, oh, we need like the Achilles still hasn't healed and all that. I think I might be starting questions. Like, yeah, is it, I, I don't think they could get to the finals without Anthony Davis. Personally, even. agree yeah, agreed. Agreed.
1: Needs. No, they couldn't get to the finals without Anthony Davis. They couldn't. And so then you're talking
2: Clippers, Nets, and I would definitely fancy the Nets. in that well, it'd probably be the Clippers. I think we'd all agree, wouldn't we? Um. Oh. Oh. If, yeah. Descending. If you put if you
1: if you put a gun to my head right now, I'd say the Clippers. Yeah, I'm still not massive fans of them, but the that... I, I I couldn't be the Jazz. So I couldn't. I really couldn't. I mean, yeah, I, I would be Nuggets no, dark horse, but well, they're not a dark horse anymore. You know, it would actually. be my
2: dark horse actually more than the nuggets Suns.
1: nah i can't see it
2: i think they play a pretty decent brand of basketball in terms of like they're they're very slow paces that's what chris paul does um Mm. and i think that kind of suits well to when you get to the playoffs
0: um they've got some big chris chris paul dragged that thunder team into almost running the rockets out and that thunder team all right sga and a few other pieces but they didn't have a Devin booker alongside him or already mm. yeah I agree. so the phoenix That's suns cool. team can definitely go they can't they definitely can do it we, it's we not know like the thunder clippers, where it's like they can cause an upset yeah.
2: we know the clippers have a bottle in them as well like we, we will retain that bottle until they take it away
0: from us
1: like even yeah,
0: it's, i saw a quote i saw a quote of like marquise morris saying about how like um the squad are much more cohesive and will be ready. And then uh, when they was like, "When will you be ready?" It was like, "I think we'll be ready by the playoffs." Like, I think, <laughs> like, I don't think that. I don't hear uh, LeBron James. If you go and ask any of the players on the Lakers, not like LeBron. If you go and ask Kuzma on the Lakers, do you think you'll be ready I by know. the playoffs? He's not going to go. I think he'll go. We will be ready by the playoffs. There's mm. that belief, and that's the that's that aspect of sort of with the Kawhi side of things, where if you're not so vocal and you're obviously the main leader and you're not distilling that confidence into the rest of the guys on the, on the floor. But I, I mean, maybe
1: I'm just looking into it too deep, but. No, I of, think that's it's a fair point. Creation playmaking for me, to be honest. Yeah, still, like, really it's just doesn't. not there. It really isn't.
2: I mean, I'm not sure about that quote in particular. I'm not sure if like, it's just a slip of the tongue or whatever. Um, but I think in general, the, the Clippers do have, like Lewis mentioned, problems with playmaking. And then I believe you mentioned today, George, that there's like reports of them chasing Russ. I've, uh, uh, I mean, we all have our doubts about Russ in the past, but it'd probably be a, a very good move for them. Um, and then I do think they have a leadership issue as well, not from just Kawhi, but Paul George as well. Um, so yeah, there's there's pretty big concerns there to be fair. I think one thing you can say is that uh, the Suns don't have either of those issues because Chris Paul's one of the best playmakers in the league and mm. – best leader in the league, potentially. I'd probably put LeBron above him, but he's up there in the conversation.
1: Yeah, he's in the conversation. I wouldn't say he's number one, but he's in the conversation.
2: I mean, like, every night I feel like... I feel like the, the sort of Devin Booker partnership could do it with a little bit more refining. And that's the scary thing. They're playing so well at the minute. I think they lost last night, but before that they were like 9-1 uh, and one in the last 10 games or something. Uh... And I, I still think Devin Booker can, like, up it to another level, personally. I don't think he's at the peak we saw him at last season. And as well, I think DeAndre Ayton's getting better with each game. So, I think there's another level for that Suns team to go to. they would be my dark horse there over the Jazz, purely because I'm I'm still not very confident in them. Yeah, I don't know. I, I,
1: I,
0: I'm never, never going to be confident in the Jazz. Like, you, there's, there's no way you're gonna be confident with the Jazz. They could be three and zero up in the NBA Finals, and I'd still not be confident in the Jazz. <laughs> Blimey, that's a bit harsh. <laughs> no,
2: that's a bit strong. I think. I think the, 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 the thing you're looking at with the Jazz is like, they don't have a superstar. I mean, Donovan Mitchell probably he went for like fifty nine last season in the past. So maybe this is a bit harsh. But I think with that Jazz team, you'd be looking at it as like an accumulation of all their players. Getting on the score sheet, if you know what I mean, a bit like the San Antonio Spurs when they beat the Heat, they didn't have like a prime superstar, they just outscored them with all their players. Um, so that would be the argument for the Jazz, but I, 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 I agree. I, until I see it in the playoff time, I'll have my doubts about them, like with the Clippers as well.
1: Yeah, agreed. Less so with the Clippers, I know I was you know saying what they lacked, but. At the end of the day, as you said, if it weren't the Lakers, I probably would pick them next. So
2: yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, they've got the the second best player in the West. You would say, wouldn't you? So that counts for something.
1: Indeed. Yeah, probably. Anyway,
0: moving away from some of this talk, I do want uh, to. I, I know we mentioned it uh, before jumping in to record this podcast. We can talk a little bit about the. Uh, we're, we're approaching that sort of. End quartile of the NBA season, and as such, MVP talk heats up a bit more. Um, and a man that was, I'd probably say, definitely out in front, Joel Embiid, obviously didn't go in the all star break, sat that out with his uh, with his colleague Ben Simmons, comes back, takes a terrible fall on his left leg, I believe it was. Uh, luckily, wasn't an ACL or an MCL or anything the like. Um, and he's out for just I think a couple of weeks, but it wouldn't be surprising to see him come be set out for like a month just so he's fully back, um, put him in, in cotton wool. Um But the, the issue with it, I think now is that it's really going to affect his MVP claim, even if he misses like two to three weeks, because when he comes back, they're not going to play him. I don't think he'll play like four minutes for a while, I think, because mm-hmm. they, they'll be so scared of, of everything that's happened with him in the past and just in, in general. So, are we completely ruling out B, do you think? Or is there still a chance to no,
1: him? definitely not ruling him out. It's only... You
0: don't think they're going to put him in like a couple more and just completely wrap up? Uh, I think, look,
1: he's meant to be out... For... Oh, for God's sake, hang on a minute. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> i I moved my hand and smashed my mic on the floor then. But anyway, um, I mean, he's meant to be out for about two to three weeks. And as you say, they will usher him back in slowly. But even so, I think... There's enough body of work, and he should have a little bit of time at the end, as to where, like it'll affect it, but it won't rule him out. I, th- I think, at the moment, cause I, I had a look at these, and I went on, you know, odds checker, just the website, which just shows all yeah. the different betting companies, and there were four that that were decently above, not not above the rest, but that they, they were the top four on every single one. And it was LeBron, who was the favourite on almost all of them, which was a little bit surprising to me. It, well, it isn't, it isn't. isn't. It was LeBron, Jokic, Embiid and Harden in that order for a lot of them. Hmm. And I'd probably say, not in that order, but they're probably the four candidates for me as well. I and don't, I don't think you can take Embiid out of it with this injury, or he won't come out of it. Yeah,
2: I think oh, it all depends on how they, they view the sort of games played statistic this year, because usually you do have to play at least, like, well, in, in a regular season when there's 82 games, you usually have to play about 70 for them to give it to you. I'm not sure because of COVID and all that and, like, quite a few injuries that have happened, they'll lower that sort of consideration. Because to me, like, I will say, John Embiid is firmly in front of the MVP race for me. I think he's been playing better than LeBron. His team's first in the East, or, uh, Are they still first in the East?
1: They are. The, uh, yeah. the Nets have a one more loss than them. Yeah,
2: um, his team's first, and I think he's just like outperforming LeBron personally. That's just my opinion, um, and yeah, I just like the sort of maybe it's just like a a new person type of mentality. I like to give it to like a new guy, someone who's emerged into that truly superstar status. So he was right in front for me. I do think the two to three weeks, probably. If I had to guess, I think that probably will rule him out. And like George said, the missed games. That he'll have after that and he's missed a few games like correct me if i'm wrong george he's probably missed a few games in like before this as well like i feel like he's not been playing back to backs and stuff like that
1: i think he's missed about nine games something like that what and yeah. yeah it's something yeah like he's that. had a few he's had a few like
0: sit outs and things like that yeah throughout
2: the season so i think unfortunately that will affect his chances otherwise
1: to me it. yeah yeah, yeah maybe. Um,
2: Uh, I was just going to say, I wanted to throw another name into those four you mentioned. I think again, like I don't, I don't think they'll vote James Harden to be MVP personally, and I don't think they'll vote Yanis to be MVP either. But I think he's been performing at a level that is MVP caliber, especially before
1: All Star break. Yeah, I uh, when I was having a look at this because I I saw those odds and I thought, "Oh, that's interesting." And then I remember, I remember seeing this was a while ago. And it was, you know, the basketball. I mean, everyone, I think, will know the basketball reference website. Yeah, <laughs> so they do a like MVP tracker. Yeah, and so yeah. I had a look at it today, and hard, uh, not Harden. Sorry, Yanis was in that one ahead of LeBron. He was fourth in that. LeBron was fifth. Mm. But interestingly enough, the first in that was Jokic, and it wasn't remotely close. Yeah, I've like seen the, that the probability pin points. was like forty something percent, and the next one was Embiid with like seventeen. And and so I had a look at it. And so the way they do it on there is they had a look at my like, past MVP results, and they they just picked four factors, which was literally just wins or win percentage, points, rebounds, and assists, and that was literally all they looked at. And so I think when when you do that and you put it together, because Jokic is like just raw stats across the board are absolutely unreal. And because there's less of focus on defense with that, obviously. There is no focus on defense with that. Then he is going to go to the top of that pile. And I don't know, because I couldn't find out how much they weight wins in that. But I don't think it's weighted enough. Because <laughs> I, 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 I really got interested in it after that. I was delving through. And I had a look. and. In the, the entirety of the NBA, like since it was started, only seven MV. There's a, well, there's only been seven MVPs given to players on teams that have finished below a sixty percent win rate, mm. and, and the, the Nuggets are like fifty nine. They're like just below,
2: but yeah,
1: but yeah, I saw that. And half the time, the MVP or over half the time, the MVP goes to the team with that year's best regular season record. And so I look at that and I just don't see how Jokic can be that far out. Even though I do think he's definitely in the conversation, he's been unreal.
2: I think he's firmly in the conversation as well. And if MB's not gonna win it, right, they just don't give it to people who are in first seeds though. But I feel like I would give the edge to Jokic over LeBron. And again, I don't mean this as any disrespect to what LeBron's doing. I just don't think I don't think this season of LeBron is better than necessarily last season or even his last Cavs season or anything like that. I'm not sure why there's like a, a massive drive to give it to him this season. Maybe because like the other contenders are a bit weaker or whatever. Yeah.
1: Well, I, I think this one's interesting because, you know, reading now what I just said, you look at the team with the best record in the NBA and it's the Jazz. Mm. But you look at the Jazz's team, are you giving no. an MVP yeah, yeah. to no, anyone on the Jazz? No, you're probably no, not. not. So, And that's in... what opens it up to a, someone like a Nugget to, you know, they're performing well, but they're not performing at the top. And it opens up to someone who does have incredible individual statistics. It opens up for them to potentially get it.
2: Yeah, an interesting conversation. I think it was on Inside the NBA, to be fair. And they were saying, surely if we are like, I mean, most valuable players usually done by like, the, you know, crazy statistics and all of that, a massive leap in that, in that sort of aspect or like just a, a unreal performance. But in terms of like true value, I feel like Chris Paul, like what he added, has added to that Suns team in terms of they were like an 11th, 10th seed last season. They probably, if the season would have gone on, they probably would have ended about 11th, 12th, 10th, something like that. Um, And he's taken that seed, like that pretty much exact same team. I know they added Jay Crowder and a few others. And he's taken them to second in the West. Like, surely that is just like immense value. Like, that is.
1: I I think that's why. Got made an all star because when you look at just the raw statistics, it, it, you know, you, Chris Paul doesn't jump out at you, but then you yeah. look at what's happened to the Suns team and you think, oh, yeah, he should probably be in it. Like, I didn't put him in at the time, but I look back and I thought, yeah, I probably should have put him in it, actually.
2: Yeah, agreed.
1: But that argument, when you think about, you know, how much they benefit the team, I think that actually strengthens the case of players like LeBron and like Jokic, who are just so important to their teams. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, all these players are important but literally down to how the team functions is because of Jokic and the Nuggets, LeBron on the Lakers, Giannis on the Bucks, like all of them.
2: Yeah. I've, after some bead injury, I'm fully expecting a LeBron win. Personally, I'll go for Jokic, but uh, we've got another portion of the season to play yet yeah, and all that. LeBron could go on an yeah, absolute fair and confirm. There's it. a lot of time left. And, there is certainly.
1: I, I don't think like you two, that Embiid was out in front. But I probably would have had him in. Oh, I have off. What do you mean? Uh, out in I in front. Think... Well, no, I, I would have it. I would have him number one. But I don't think he was like far out ahead of everyone else.
0: Oh,
2: uh, I, I think you uh, like when you just combine. Maybe it's like from the aspect of we were quite. De- is it like a thing where we were quite disappointed him last year, and now it's just really good? Maybe but get a bit gassed, but
1: but even so, he has been performing at an unbelievable level, which is what as I said, like you you, <laughs> you threw that out when I said that. Then, but I'd still have I still would have picked him number one. But I, I think there's so many people that are having such good seasons, and because the best team in the NBA at the moment, are by a record. Don't have someone you, you sticks out to you that you'd give it yeah. to. It just opens up everyone else's chances.
2: They they're not going to vote for James Harden. I
1: can guarantee. I don't think they will either. James Harden. I think he's been unreal. But so do I. Yeah, KD and Kyrie are on his team, so that that's just going to take away. And
2: also, him. he did like tank the first ten or so games of the season to get out of his team, and I don't think people appreciate that as much like it's hard to put fun of someone as the most valuable player when they literally like played so poorly so they would get traded uh have that would leave a poor taste in
1: my mouth yeah maybe i, I don't know I, I I don't hold that in as high a regard as you do I guess but...
0: anyway moving on from uh mVP talk've got about fifteen minutes left on this uh, on this pod um I think we should probably talk a little bit about some of the the trade and buyout situations that have been flying around the NBA now, because obviously coming up to that trade deadline talks, so a lot of players are sitting out, the likes of PJ Tucker. you know, He came to the conclusion, sat down with the Rockets, and I think he's now completely out of the rotation until something gets sorted with him. Nice little role player. I've seen being linked with like, the Bucks, the Heat, and the Lakers all after him because mm-hmm. of just what he can do. Um, but I think the main one as well is the two main guys I've seen, that are kind of getting linked and I mean this guy's been spoken about in about the last six trade deadlines I feel now is that Aaron Gordon is being shocked about um <laughs> with the Timberwolves and the Blazers on his case. Um and then Andre Drummond is a buyout. Um now I'm just putting this on record. If the Brooklyn Nets get Andre Drummond, we may as well pack the NBA season up because it then will be a complete lockout. I, there is no, there, there isn't a debate. Then they're three to one. That surprises me that they're three to one to win the whole chip. They're second favourites. The Lakers are still favourite. That does surprise me. If they get Andre Drummond, you, like it's it's one to ten and it's a wrap for me.
1: Do you not agree? Yeah. yeah, I mean I already think that if you had to choose me who's going to win it, I'd say the Nets. So if they had Drummond, then yeah, definitely.
2: Yeah, I mean you would say that's like their main area of weakness, isn't it? Like defence at the at the rim in the paint and all that stuff. And I don't think Drummond's like an immense defender or anything. Yeah, like he's that. not. The, he people,
1: the people overflate the rebounding. They well they correlate it to defence a bit too much. You just need to look at Sean Whiteside and you'll find out <laughs> that's not the case. But yeah. he, he you know, he is uh, I guess competent maybe is the word you use. is that too harsh on him?
2: He'll do the dirty work. He will do yeah. the dirty
1: work for them. Uh, and obviously, he is an immense rebounder as well. I'm yeah. not trying to take that away. He is an immense rebounder.
2: But yeah, I would agree. It'd make them firm, firm favourites if they were to get him. Um, but they're not the only people who could get him. Obviously, like I feel like the Lakers were another candidate for that. I'm not sure why they were particularly Nick Drummond. Maybe it's just a case of like getting him, getting him away from Brooklyn. I feel like that's what that's about anyway. Well, it's partly um,
1: that and they decided that well, they've apparently decided that Mark soul isn't uh Yeah, he's, he's, he's not working out. Yeah. yeah.
2: Um Celtics could probably use the drummers as well, you would say. Um so yeah,
1: I've seen, you know. I've seen a few other things with the Celtics actually. One apparent well, apparently. The uh the main one I saw with them is uh Harrison Barnes. Yeah, Harrison Barnes. Yeah, because they've got that well, trade the Celtics have a 28.5 mil yeah. trade exception, which is actually mental. <laughs> and, uh, and it yeah. seems as though they're pushing for Harrison Barnes really hard, who's actually having a really good season, to be fair. Yeah. And I know definitely. they've been playing, they've been playing Tice at power forward for a lot of the games this week. So it does make sense.
2: <laughs> yeah. I think that's something like they, they, I think they just need another wing, someone who can like get reliable buckets for them. Among other things, I think they need uh, like a, proper playmaker and I do think they need a centre as well to, to really compete but Barnes would be a good start um, I think it just depends on what the Kings decide to do because despite the fact they're one of the worst teams in the NBA and an absolute torrid time right now, I think they still like think, oh we can maybe get into the playoffs um, and I've heard that he actually has a pretty favourable contract in the way that it depreciates over time so they're yeah. big playing the next, like, less next year and all that. And they quite like him there. Like, he's just, like, a good veteran veteran for that like, young team to have. So it depends them. I mean, they might have to, you know, come up with something good for them to, you know, give up Harrison Barnes. And I'm not sure Boston really have the assets for that or ones that they would be willing to give up.
1: Yeah. I mean, another person, I mean, there's a load of names that are thrown out. I know. The name Buddy Hilde has been going around mm-hmm. a lot as a potential Certainly. person. I don't think he's actually been linked with any teams or anything, but we all know the issues that Buddy Hield and Luke Wharton have had. Yeah. And, you know, if, if the Kings were to trade him, you wouldn't be you... amazed. The contract is probably an issue. If but, I would... I mean, It's one of a lot of players that, that are currently being
2: If I were the Kings, I would trade Marvin Bagley, personally. I cut yeah, the losses I've seen that, that one, one as well. I'd cut my losses on that one. Maybe sneaky John Collins. If you if I'm not I mean, there would have to be other salary and obviously stuff like that. Um, but John Collins is one that's been like put in trade rumours as well. He's a he's a good player. I, I quite like John Collins. And I'm not sure how yeah. much I like John Collins because he's played in like a trash team for most of his career. Um, but I don't think the situation with him and Trey Young's working out well. He didn't sign an extension last summer when he could do. Um, interesting one to keep an eye on.
1: Yeah, that and apparently the uh, Hawks are really pushing to get something done by the deadline. So hmm. maybe something will involve here. Maybe something will involve Kevin Herter. I don't know.
2: I'll I'll give George a little bit of praise here because you were bang on about the Hawks when we done our off season, free agency trade type podcast. I can't remember exactly what it was after, but you said that none of them can
0: defend and they're not that good. And that's basically what it is, to be honest. Well, they can beat the... They can win games against sort of... On any night, they could win a game, I think. Yeah. They're never really going to achieve anything with what their current setup is. And then when there was the whole situation of um, the John Collins-Trey Young thing, I think that's like pretty much swept aside now, but it will be there. And then whenever they hit a next bad form... And Trey Young is again running the show. There'll be that there's that, there's now that foundation, that like embedded rock that is there for them to pick back up when shit it's the fan, basically, is what you, is the is the phrase for it. So um at the minute it's all current smoothing because I think they've won their last like five games or something like that. But um it will be there and it will sneak up on them, yeah. I think.
2: It could always crop up, couldn't it? I feel like yeah. If the Hawks are really going to do anything, then they want to make the playoffs. Obviously, they want to make the playoffs. They I, think they will. Be... I think they will.
0: I think they will. Well, know. they'll make the play-in. Sorry, that's what I mean.
2: they'll probably make the play-in. Yeah, I'd agree with you there. But if they want to do that, they genuinely have to be one of the best offensive teams in the league because they cannot defend, and their like their
0: strength lies solely in like attack, basically. um So, so yeah. It... I mean, I'm, uh, I'm looking at it now actually in terms of the East and.
1: Yeah, the Raptors aren't
0: more. even in the plane, and and the Raptors are definitely going to be in the planes. So
1: yeah, there's there's a couple of teams in the east that are really underperforming. Like, I mentioned the Pacers before, and I know Wizards that's it's going to be coming back, but they've been really poor. Yeah. the Raptors have been poor. I mean, wish we'll probably talk about a player on the Raptors after this. Yeah, but um, um and yeah, as you say, the Wizards, although they've been getting better,
0: but mm-hmm. they're they're still got
1: an underwhelming record. The Magic the whole- just suck. They just suck. Yeah. The Hornets, I mean, the magic, and
0: the, the magic, the Pistons, and the Cavs are the only three teams that you will say that yeah. aren't going to be vying for a place, which then leaves two spots for for teams not to make it. Yeah. So it's going to be very close between the Wizards, the Raptors, the Pacers, the Bulls, and the and the Hawks. The I, think, I think the rest are, and the are fine as well. Yeah. Well, I and mean, I think the Hornets and the Knicks are fine. I think they're safe.
2: I won't go to the Knicks safe because I do think they have quite like a tough end to the season. I, I believe I heard that said. I think the Hornets are safe. I, 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 if I can ever catch a Hornets game, I'll watch a Hornets game. They're so fun to watch.
1: Mm. Yeah, I know. Did you see the uh, little Lamello ball spin before he shot <laughs> the three? That was quite... Mate, completely unnecessary, quite <laughs> That's quite nice.
2: He is so much better than I ever imagined he would be.
0: Um I was a little down. well it's him, just his impact his, his numbers aren't that out His numbers aren't that no they're pretty
1: outrageous that they're pretty outrageous they're, they're, pretty they're good
0: i mean for the season he's like 15 6 and 3 which is like not that mad but it's his impact on the team yeah. is what's the more mental thing as a rookie coming into it and genuinely making the team his yeah, own pretty
1: much since he's been regularly starting his stats are mad for a rookie they are actually mad
2: Oh, like by far and away rookie of the year. It's not even like a close competition there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you mentioned the the Raptors, but I believe you were alluding to Kyle Lowry, weren't you? I was
1: alluding to Kyle Lowry. Yeah. That's exactly what I was going to allude to.
2: I think yeah. Sixers wasn't that
1: a thing? I don't know. Apparently, because he's he's from isn't Kyle Lowry from Philly? I it? believe. Yeah. Yeah, and so there's that. Yeah. Match made in heaven esque thing, you know. The Sixers can always do a bit of playmaking. I think they'd probably, I think it'd have to be like Seth Curry and some picks among some other players. Probably Tyrese
2: Maxi as well.
1: Yeah, something like that. Or I think you can do something with Maxi and Thibault. I can't, I can't remember now. I don't have it with me. Ooh, but that'd be, yeah, I know as well that I think Carl Larry had to come out. Carl had to come out and deny some rumors that he accepted he was going to be traded or something along those lines. But mm-hmm. I'm not sure, you know. I think he might actually just not get traded. I'm not sure I say it happening.
0: Uh, I think the, the the thing I've seen on majority of sort of Philly Twitter in quotes is um that Carl Lowry to be acquired for a trade and then PJ Tucker to be bought out. And that'd be two very good pieces to
1: add to to try and push for a deep run in the playoffs. But I'd be surprised if PJ Tucker gets bought out. I think there's too much interest in him. I, I can see him going to the Heat, the,
0: the P.J. Tucker. I can see yeah. he, he's that sort of player. I can see him on the Heat squad. And, and, and yeah, the Heat are
1: favourites. The, the Heat are favourites for him.
0: All oh, right, I didn't know that. But it's just as a general sort of player to team, it seems that he'd fit in quite well in that sort of ethos and all of that. So yeah. um, but I don't know about Carl Lowry for the Sixers. I think that the Seth Curry fit in, how they currently stand, is probably a little bit better. I don't yeah, think for I mean, what they'd have to give up, I'm not sure it'd be worth it for the Sixers. Yeah,
1: well, that's the thing is, the, at the end of the day, the contract with Lowry is, uh, is something is you would have to try yeah. and
0: go over. And I don't see Doc Rivers shipping out Seth Curry, so
1: <laughs>
0: his own
2: son-in-law. Yeah, Carl <laughs> uh, I, I, uh, Lowry does bring like a like a pretty large degree of playoff experience. You would say failures. Oh, absolutely. Um, I think, like in terms of what you would say the Sixers weaknesses are. like he can create his own shot I suppose and like create stuff for others whereas I feel Ben Simmons in a playmaking capacity anyway is quite limited in the playoffs. So maybe you know you could argue he would bring that I, I, I tend to agree. I would want to I definitely wouldn't want to give up a combination of Maxi and Tribal for him because that's exactly what the Toronto Raptors want is what I would say. And yeah I, they're two good young players for me and I think I'd like to see him with the Sixers a bit longer. Um, in place of, like, a Lowry, who I don't think wins them a championship or guarantees them a final by any
1: means. What do we think about Oladipo? Do you think he's going to get traded before the deadline? Or do you think he's just going to stay and then go staying, somewhere else? Stay in free agency. Stay, I, I, don't think that,
0: I don't think there's that much
1: demand mm-hmm. for him. No. That's, that's I mean, the...
0: The sort of vibe that you get, you see more of, and I, again, I don't want to keep ranting on about the sixes for it, but you see more demand, I think, of teams looking out to see if Zach Levine or Bradley Bill will become available. Oh, yeah. and I don't really see much, of, like, obviously, Bradley Bill and his scoring, Zach Levine's really kicking on now. And if teams kind of get wind that they'll be available, it will seriously dampen everything that's going to happen in the trade deadline so they can try and prepare for that. Mm. But. Then you'll maybe see a domino effect of that if they're not going to become available, players like Oladipo will then get like bumped up in line to the next target mm-hmm. and things like that. So, um, but I, yeah, I get the impression there just isn't a demand, and I'd
1: assume it's based off of, of the injuries that he's had. Yeah, I mean you always see the Oladipo heat links; like they're just never going to go away. And I, I do think if it does come to free agency, they're probably going to be one of the main teams interested. I know the Knicks have been thrown about as well. Say, I wouldn't be.
0: I'd, I don't know <laughs> how he'd fit on in the heat, like in that Jimmy Butler. Summer, oh, I'm not saying
1: while. I'd want him there. I'm just saying that there, that there's always a link with Oladipo and the heat recently.
2: Yeah, it's true. I agree. I, I I find it difficult to see where he slots in there unless you like you drop one. I think Carl Lowry on the heat.
0: Carl Lowry on the heat would be great, but.
2: I would like to see that as well. I think the Heat are playing it's, really well at the moment as well, aren't like, they? Jimmy Butler, Lowry, it?
0: Jimmy Butler and, and Bam Adebayo, now that is a three PJ to go Tucker into the playoffs well. with. Yeah, like, <laughs> like that is... That is gen- and you've got that's and dry, like Yeah.
2: Um, another name floated about, bandied about the joint, LaMarcus Aldridge. Again, the same with the Deeper. I don't really see much demand for... If,
1: if anything happens with Aldridge, he'll get bought out. He won't get loaded. Yeah.
2: I agree, and it's like it's not like it could be like oh you can be our stretch five and just like do that sort of thing because he don't take threes, um. So I, I'm not too interested in that one. Uh, who else we got? On the the only things here? I've seen with
0: Marcus Aldridge is is Portland. That's literally it.
2: Yeah, like a return. I've seen
0: Portland and Boston. I think that's about it.
2: it but I don't, I think he's kind of like done it in terms of like seriously contributing to it so he could be like a nice little piece but i don't think he's a, a game
0: changer for either of those two teams is it um, like hassan whiteside version yeah. two for the for the portland well, travelers if they sign it
2: yeah exactly even hassan whiteside's been thrown about with the lakers as well good old hassan i, lo- I love that what? video of him running around yeah, the, dwight,
0: uh, with the, run it back like the white yeah basically yeah and
2: think? If, if lebron made dwight dwight good he can probably do the same thing for hassan whiteside although
0: do I? I think I think paint. we, I think I'm pretty confident any three of us could go on the, on the court with LeBron and he'd make us look semi respectable. So <laughs> I don't know. About I that. disagree with
1: that. Yeah, <laughs> that is a lie <laughs> 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 yeah. another, another name just to throw out there George Hill's another one that has been touted to me. I forgot George Hill existed. He plays for the Thunder, <laughs> Yeah, he plays for the Thunder. He's JJ Rennick. Yeah. He's always going to be, as is JJ, I was about to say now, he's always going to yeah. be someone that's talked about purely because of the shooting they bring. But also, I think George Hill's been mentioned to the Clippers as well, just held yeah. them out maybe with a bit of creation. that be quite decent. Whether that I... happen, I don't know.
2: One team we didn't get to talk about before the end of this was the Pelicans, which I'm quite annoyed about actually because I kind of wanted to talk about them a little bit ever since because Zion's just been playing so well but they're still so inconsistent and rubbish. Um,
1: well, you've got, you got a little bit of time now, mate. No, Speak no,
2: I, I, There ain't too much time, to be fair. And, and that's literally all I was going to say. It's like no, Zion's say. Like, Zion is like unbelievable. I'm not sure what his stats are. Lonzo's, Lonzo's like, been good this lo- lo- year. Yeah, he's, I think I saw a thing the other day that he made more... F- oh. I can't remember the other player he'd made he's made more threes
0: than like Trey young yeah yeah Bradley that was and all of this sort of stuff like
2: like it, it was crazy um yeah so uh, that team perplexes me so much because it's got so many good pieces they'll, make,
0: good they'll make the plane they'll make the plane I don't I don't know if they will
1: yeah I don't know if they will either
0: <laughs> you've got everyone in the
2: plane I mean this is the other conference to be fair but you think I don't think the Spurs are gonna particularly fall out I like, I don't see it anyway. You've got the Warriors, you've got the Grizzlies in and around there. It's competitive,
1: man. Yeah, where are the... I'm just going to double-check. I can't remember. Where are the Pelicans at the moment? I there? believe they are, they, they are 11th. Yes. Yeah, they uh... There's three games out. Good. Yeah, I know, but... You just watch every time I watch them. Like, they're an exciting team, don't get me wrong. And Zion offensively, isn't it? Yeah. Like, it's unbelievable. It really is. Like You just can't stop him. They're and lonzo is been playing on. better. I'm still not. Massively being high on Lonzo, he's done a lot better recently. But yeah, I don't know. They should be better than they are. They really should. In
2: close games, like it is impossible to stop Zion if you give it. Like he can get a free throw basically by just running at people because like <laughs> the, the referees just don't know what to do. Um, but no. yeah, we're, we're running out of time, sir. So.
0: No, absolutely not. Um, I think they will, and I hope they do, because I would like to see Zion in the playoffs. Uh, But anyway, we will wrap that one up there. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, Make sure you follow us on our socials. We're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, all of it, at SwingmanPod. Check out our website, www.swingmanpod.com. And yeah, uh, we will catch you in the next podcast. Thank you very much for listening, and peace.